carries the power. Turbines to speed. Ready to move us. Before we start, I'd like to say something. There's no reason why you shouldn't have complete confidence in your chances to come out of this thing alive in one piece. From coast to coast, from border to border, from one end to the other, and all points in between. The Classic Guitar Rock Podcast is on. Yes! That's awesome! We crank up and break down the great guitar-driven rock of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And you are invited to come along. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it! And now, your host... Jeremy Lunnan. Yeah, we don't know anything about that fellow there. Who is he? Where's he coming from? It's time for the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. Welcome to the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. And man, Jeff, so glad to have you back with us today. How are you, my friend? I'm hanging in there now. I'm doing okay. Thank you. It's great so the, to be back. The, yeah, the first question is, where in the world has Jeff been? So tell us a bit about about the last month. You've oh, traveled the world. You've had gig, <laughs> you've had gigs. You've done all kinds of stuff. So yeah, we got an album signed. We have, we have, we're big in Korea, so we had a tour set up. <laughs> T-shirts and merch. Great. Classic rock. Guitar podcast on the back. Nice. Good, words. good. My two boys, my five and eight year old, and my wife went to Costa Rica for, they went for five weeks. I went for three. And we were on the uh, west side on the Nicoya Peninsula, a little town called Samara. Nice. If anybody's listening and you want to go somewhere, totally chill, small, mellow, great small waves for learning how to surf. Awesome place. So we did that. Uh, and we ziplined in the jungle. Sweet. ATV toured through the jungle. And uh, my five-year-old stood up on a surfboard and like was surfing waves. Very nice. It was the cool. And the eight-year-old, too. It was cool. It was great. That's cool. And then you had, you mentioned you had two gigs in South yeah. Dakota. So let's hear yeah, my, that. My buddy Derek, who's the other guitar player mm-hmm. in, in the band, he's from Leed, South mm-hmm. Dakota, which has a really interesting history with the mining and they had some sort of like, um, kind of like town festival anniversary, celebration, yeah, anniversary yeah. celebration thing. Cool. So he set it up where we played this beautiful opera house that sadly had a fire uh, in 1984, but it's been around since the late 1800s. Wow. And so that was the biggest place I've ever played. And because it was this festival thing, people kind of rotated in and out. So it wasn't. Like we had a thousand people sitting down, but you know, we, it was fun to mic the whole band because often we play bars, we don't mic the drums. So we, you know, we we got a new mixer, new PA speakers. So we were able to like mic everybody, everything and, you know, play around. And and that was, that was fun for me. And then we played a bar the next night. We played a really tiny little. Two different places in that same town. That's awesome. Yeah, back to back. So that was fun. What I've found, some of the best gigs we've ever done are in small towns, right? Where it's just like you're talking about. It's a festival. It's a celebration. We've done some where they'd they'd have us come in. They'd put us up in a hotel. That's all part of the deal. Then we play. It's fun. You know, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, and you'll get a lot of people that are coming in from other towns for these festivals. And those are just a lot of fun. We uh, We've played, I think, maybe twice also since we were last together 
on the podcast. Oh, cool. Out at the, I mentioned this. It's a, it's a place called the Colbert Trading Company. It's a pizza place and it's out north of town. And this guy has live music every weekend. And so we've played there a couple times and uh, just a lot of fun. I'm, you know, live music is back. You know, we see it more and more everywhere, uh, yeah. which is a yeah. good thing. I think there's a lot of pent up desire for live music. So for people like us that play, uh, it's a good thing. I think it'll be a busy, a busy summer. Did it feel good for you to get out there? Oh yeah. It was great. Yeah. It was, it was good. Well, nice. we are talking, let's, let's kind of reset things. Cause Jeff sprung this on us. Gosh, it's been about a month ago, maybe five weeks ago. You know, we're the classic guitar rock podcast and, and people always ask, what is classic guitar rock versus classic rock? Because I, I differentiate, right? Because there's music I call classic guitar rock that isn't really maybe classic rock. And that would include a lot of your hair metal. The classic rock people might say, oh, I don't call those guys classic rock. Well, I'm just, to me, it's just, just good guitar music, right? From the 60s, 70s, 80s. That's, that's what I mean when I say classic guitar rock. With and, a bonus of, you know, good songwriting. Exactly. Good songwriting, you know, great guitar tones, that sort of thing. So Jeff suggested that we listen to Blackberry Smoke. Now, Blackberry Smoke's only been around since like 2000, right? And the particular album we're listening to is from 2016. But it's, if you're a fan, I'm getting ahead of myself here. If you're a fan of good Southern rock, of great guitar tones, of great songwriting, Remember, we one of the promises, one of the commitments we made to you, the home viewer, was if we come across newer music that old curmudgeony classic rock folks would like, we're going to share it with you. And Blackberry Smoke is definitely one of those bands. And and again, I get ahead of myself. Before we do that, just a couple news items I want to share. Some of these things Jeff hasn't even heard yet. So first, a few sad news items. Two members, two former members of Cinderella have passed away in the last week. One is guitarist Jeff Labar. He died at the age of 58. And then also the keyboard player uh, who had been playing with Kiss. He's played with Cindy Lauper, Ian Hunter. Of course, he was in Cinderella. Gary Corbett also uh, just passed away this week. So, man, a bad week for Cinderella. I was just saying this earlier, Jeff, you know, when you look at the hair metal bands, pile in all those hair metal bands of the eighties and Cinderella was one of those, but I think Cinderella was kind of at the top. They were, they were kind of in the upper echelon in terms of talent in my mind, Tom Kiefer, you mentioned uh, still making music has a, an album uh, in the last few years that has come out. I, and I really like Cinderella. They had a lot of great songs and, and uh, they had some great tones. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what do you, when you say that, do you mean like songwriting or do you mean, I mean songwriting? I mean, riffs, the guitar vocals. sounds okay. Tom Kiefer had a much more organic sound, for instance, than like if you listen to a poison record, which is like processed cheese. Right. And I don't mean that in an, well, I guess I do kind of mean it in a negative way. Right. You know, you think about 80s guitar playing and there was some great stuff in there. There was also some cheesy stuff in there. I thought Cinderella was one of the better of those bands that were thrown into the the hair metal yeah. genre. So a rough week for them. You know, another band that maybe we'll, we'll cover that I think was way up there during that time frame was Tesla. 
Tesla was phenomenal. Those guitar players were out of control. I agree. hundred percent. Yeah. And, and very, I use the word organic already, but just a good guitar sound. Um, I agree. They're great. And I think they still play. They're still out. I don't know if they're putting out, but they still go out and play and they're, and they're really good. So mechanical resonance, is that the big, Yeah. that's one we should do. Totally. Totally. Okay. So we're going to add that to the list. Mechanical resonance. Okay. Now, Jeff, I can't say anything official yet. We are on the verge. (laughs) We are on the cusp of uh, having some really cool companies to work with. So I'm not going to make any official announcements this week, but I think by next episode, I'll have some good news, uh, which means we'll have some cool stuff to give away. More than one. More than one. Yes, I mentioned one to you, Jeff, that I said to keep under under wraps. There's another one that that actually might even happen sooner. So I will. uh, uh, I'm going to keep that. There's a little teaser for everyone. Uh, So we'll we'll have some goodies that we might be able to share with our our listeners. You've been working hard. I've been working hard, man. Yeah, I've been working hard. So. As always, you can uh, email us at classicguitarrock.com. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. Please go out, like, subscribe, share. If you like the podcast, share it with your friends. All those things are are very important. Now, when we come back, we're going to jump into this great album from Blackberry Smoke from 2016. It's called Like an Arrow. We're going to break that down when we come back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. Jeff is back with us today. Welcome back, Jeff. Thank you much. As promised, we're finally going to talk about blackberry smoke now i i want to just say some things right out of the gate we'll when we'll go through song by song but i've been trying to think about how to explain this it you know what it's kind of like what i just said about hair metal i'm a huge southern rock fan and i'll tell you right now one one of my favorite southern rock bands is molly hatchet love molly hatchet I, I wouldn't say I'm a huge Skinnerd fan, but I like Skinnerd. I appreciate Skinnerd. I love Blackfoot. Okay. So I love those rocking Southern rock bands. But then there were bands like the Almond Brothers that to me, yes, you could call them Southern rock, but they were kind of in a different league, right? When I hear the Almond Brothers compared to Skinnerd, I think the Almond Brothers have a little more depth. I think their musical 
knowledge is a little broader, maybe. I mean, you hear some elements in Almond Brothers that you wouldn't necessarily hear from a Skinner or even a Molly Hatchet, who I love. They, uh, yeah, they would do. They would add in their little jazzy bits, jazzy here and there. elements. Yeah, and they would slow it down and and do it a little bit different, more of a, bl- of a bluesy thing. Yes, like their version of Stormy Monday. Yes. live is just one of the greatest renditions and some of the best guitar work just it's one of the most amazing solos if any players are out there and you want to learn some slow blues that's live stormy monday the first solo is just amazing and and you know Dwayne allman who was phenomenal right Dwayne allman always gets the press and we talk about Dwayne. he died in 71 but dickie betts is just incredible and the the reason i'm bringing this up is Blackberry Smoke, there's obviously an Almond Brothers influence there. You know, there's a few songs where you hear that interplay where you'll hear kind of a, a, a riffy, raunchy lead guitar, but then underneath you hear the little, there's some interplay with the two guitars that's, that's you got to listen for it. There's a little more uh, breadth and depth to Blackberry Smoke than just saying they're a Southern rock band. And I think they're, my windows are open. So you might, might be hearing a lot of background noise, but that, that's just ambience for the show. You know, that's just a little more realism for the show. Jeff we call got, it room tone. Room tone. Jeff's got guys working in his house. So if you hear him talking to, to, to guys in the house, hey, that's, that's who we are. That's how we roll, right? <laughs> hey, get out of my fridge. <laughs> the fridge. You're not supposed to be in the fridge. Uh, but I think. I think Blackberry Smoke is just, it's doing them an injustice to just say they're a Southern rock band. Cause I think there's a lot going on. I hear a lot. There's, and some of these songs, Jeff, they're straight country songs, right? For sure. And I think this will make my modern, modern country fan friends mad when I say this. I think Blackberry Smoke has a much more legitimate connection to Johnny Cash and Merle Haggard and Hank Williams than any of the modern country guys. Modern country music, it's much is, is, it's garbage. Dead. Yeah. And you listen to modern country and they like have rap in it. They have auto-tune crap going on. It's like, what the heck has happened? Where these guys are rootsy, they're legit. Right. I, I really enjoyed listening to this album. And the more I listen to it, the more I enjoy it. So that's my opening statement on the group Blackberry. Smoke. Yeah. To me, they also have a Black Crows thing happening. T- totally. And the, the country sort of uh, slower kind of songs that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. At first, you might think, oh, well, it's not classic rock or it's totally different than the first song and the other song. But in a way, it makes for a nice contrast. Yeah. You know, so you're listening to this, you know, like an arrow, like that song is heavy. If yes. you compare it to, to Sunrise in Texas. For sure. Totally different. Different people maybe are writing the song. Maybe different people are singing the song. So they have multiple contributors is what I'm also gathering. And the guitar stuff, I feel like they're touring band. There's actually three guitar players. I think I've seen that. You go to your webpage, there's like you know 10 people in their picture. Well, yeah, I saw like that. There's market. like nine or 10 people. Yeah, I was thinking, wow, that's a big, that's a big bunch yeah. of people. 
yeah. couple background singers. So I, I just love that because I just think it adds more depth, yeah. more influences, more styles. You mentioned earlier, Jeff, that there's not a whole lot online in terms of, you know, we're used to talking about bands. If it's an Aerosmith or a Led Zeppelin, I mean, there's so much stuff out there about the personalities in the band. These guys aren't like that, right? They're a working band. You can go out and find names of people and when their albums were published. And that's about it. There's not a whole lot there. And just this morning, just so I would, you know, kind of be in the right headspace, I watched most of a live performance from Rock Palace in 2017. In that particular video, there were only two guitar players, but like you said, there were extra, you know, there was extra people on the stage, but it was really good. It was really good. And one of the things I appreciated about hearing them live, first of all, live, they sounded just like on the record, which says something Crazy. about the record to one of the notes I have about the record is it sounds like a very live record. I mean, there's, there's not a lot of messing around here in terms of studio trickery going on it's basically let's mic these guys up and record it and it's legit and it sounds just like that live both guitar players all get one song couple songs the singer charlie star yeah charlie star is the lead vocalist and actually looks like he was playing most of the guitars too he played a telecaster on a few songs every other song it was a 335 the other guitar players playing a les paul 335 or an sg I love humbucker bands, right? So it was great. I have a story quickly about the Charlie Starr guitar Yeah, thing. let's hear it. I heard him do a quick interview where his first guitar happened to be a Les Paul Jr. with P90, one, one P90, mm-hmm. black. And it was at a guitar store. And it was previously owned by a guitar player from the George Satellites. Nice. And he still has this guitar that's and cool. still plays it. Still, it's still one of his favorites. And I think that's like, you know, whatever that was, 20 over 20 years ago. I have in my notes, I have just, I, it, I just have written over here on the side. It says Georgia satellites. They're from Atlanta, right? Obviously Georgia yeah. satellites. It would make sense that there's maybe a little bleed over there uh, yeah. in terms of, of influence, but the band, the band is Charlie star lead vocals, guitar, Richard Turner, bass and vocals, Britt Turner drums. I'm assuming those guys are brothers. Paul Jackson, guitar and vocals, Brandon Still, keyboards. And then it says, in 2020, they added touring personnel, Benji Shanks on guitar. You're right, three. there's a third guitarist. And Preston Holcomb, percussion. So this performance I watched was from 2017 before they added uh, Benji Shanks, apparently. But like you said, I've seen pictures where you see a whole whole bunch of guys. But really and good. A couple, and a couple of ladies. So, yeah, so I haven't seen any videos with the ladies, but but they've added some background singers apparently so that's cool Mm -hmm. the band started in 2000 they've opened for zz top zach brown band eric church leonard skinner you know their albums have done well i mean they've charted high on country charts on rock charts so i had already always heard the name but until you recommended it jeff i hadn't really gone in and and listened and i'm glad you recommended because i love it i mean the and like i said the more i listened to this album the better. It's awesome. Yeah. Looks like um, Brendan O'Brien produced their album that, that reached number one, Holding All the Roses in 2014. And number one. So that was a, yeah. yeah. And the country charts. And they were touring with Government Mule. So that's Government a Mule is a great band, by the way. Um, Absolutely. Warren Haynes is awesome. I don't remember if there was somebody. Well, obviously, there was something between him and Dwayne. 
Right. But he definitely was playing the slide parts. Yeah. When he joined, when he joined. I, I remember um, this is way back in probably late eighties, early nineties, Austin city limits, you know, Dickie and Warren were both in the band at that time. So, yeah. but to talk about phenomenal guitar players, just incredible. And then Warren and Derek trucks, Derek trucks. And Susan I don't know if you had Nash. seen the Allman brothers with oh. Warren and Derek. Oh, it's just ridiculous. It's yeah. kind of unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> they went, really they went out high. It's great stuff. And, and any, if you're a fan of guitar, of great guitar tone of, of, you know, you got to check out Allman brothers cause it's, it's really good stuff. So let's jump in. It sounds like there's a garbage truck driving by my house right now. Okay. All right. So <laughs> this is the ambient. This is the ambient. Episode. Uh, let's jump in and talk about these track for track. Like an arrow came out in 2016. Oh, I want to talk about the album cover album cover actually designed by the drummer. And the, hmm. the album's called Like an Arrow, and it has kind of a stylized uh, Native American Thunderbird picture, uh, kind of a cool-looking little symbol. The song kicks off with a tune called Waiting for the Thunder. Now, the first note I have, the first, the opening chords, opening measures, first time I heard it, I said, that, that sounds like the smithereens, a girl like you, just the opening chords. Right. And then it quickly kind of changes up. And, and you mentioned black crows. It's got very much kind of this black crows into Led Zeppelin beat. And, and let me say this, the, I love the drum sound on this album. The, the drums are great. The whole sound of the album, the, the, the sounds, the tones of everything are really good on this album, but there's this really cool Led Zeppelin groove kind of in the bridge part before the Leslie, the organ solo comes in. That is just Love really, that. really cool. I mean, it's awesome. Here's another thing that I noted and it was by design, right? The lead vocal on this track is slightly over modulated, you know, like he's, he's singing way too loud and he's way up in the red on the VU meter. Right. Yeah. I thought I had the same note. Yeah, and and I like it. It works on this song. And and the note I wrote here, for me, everything comes back to Michael Schenker. The Assault Attack album, they almost it's like almost every song is that way. They've like got Graham Bonnet like just on the edge of distorting. It's just a little hairy, but I think it sounds cool. And on this song, I think it sounds really cool. Nitty gritty guitars, the tone is just awesome. I mean, it's I gave this one personally, I gave it five guitar picks. Great lead up. As as did I. Yeah. Yeah. I uh I got a new uh audio interface from uh Universal Audio. Mm-hmm. And part of the uh the deal is they have these emulations of classic hardware. Oh cool. And what and also tape. So when you're recording, you can choose to actually use this tape emulator and it's supposed to make your digital recording sound like it's recorded on tape. Cool. <laughs> and one of my one of my goals is to push it with a guitar or a vocal. Mm-hmm. And see how it responds. So I think in this case, it feels like they were they were pushing, distorting the tape because that's what happens. That's what happens with analog tape is you kind of can get a little distorted, but it's in just the digital world you couldn't do that. It exactly, get all artif- artifacty and right. like crap. So I love that too that you pointed that out because I, I yeah I remember I'm thinking back to a radio production class right the instructor was a guy named Mark Norman great guy. And he would always, his always thing was, 
watch your VUs. You don't want to over-modulate. You know, that was his big thing. That was his thing. You're over-modulating, right? You want the VU, you want the meter to just tap the red, right? If you're going into the red, that's too much. And so on this recording, they were intentionally getting into the red a little bit to get that little hair on the edge. And it just sounds really good. Great guitar solo. Oh, it's phenomenal guitar solo. I mean, like just a wicked, just just choice notes. Yeah. You know? Love and, it. And I love, I'm a big fan of the unison bend, kind of the, the, the steel guitar, faking the steel guitar sound on your guitar, you know, and, and, and these are, it's throughout on this album. How did you rate this song? Did you give it five picks? Five picks for sure. And one of the, the lyrics, right? Oh, 2,000 yeah. years of fury in the big black sky. Are we waiting for the thunder or will the lightning get us all? Yeah, it's, I just, cool. it's cool. It's it's a good song. Yeah, and, and just, the, it's just the, the groove, man, the groove. One of the cool things about watching them live, I hate it when you see a band live and they speed the songs way up. Like Judas Priest is notorious for this, man. You hear them live and they're playing the songs twice as fast. Elvis mm. would do that. Elvis would, his songs are played to, dude, are you in a hurry? What's the problem? They'd speed up the song so much. It, was, I, it would bug me. These guys, if anything, they might've slowed the songs down a little bit live. Not so much. You're going, wow, that's too slow, but, but enough that you get the groove even more. Right. So waiting for the thunder, for example, I think they might play it slightly slower on this rock palace video that i just watched from 2017 it's awesome you know the the harmony vocals the the guitar player that sings the really solid i mean they sound just tight and and i guarantee you well i shouldn't say things like this i bet there's no auto tune going on with these guys you know they're they're hitting their harmonies the old-fashioned way right i would certainly think so this is one of the ones I think that falls into that harder sound, classic rock, Southern rock. Agreed. There's, there's, you, you could group three or four songs. Yeah, there's in there's category, there's, and then there's three or four songs in another. Absolutely, that's a good point. That because yeah, there's probably three what I would call hard rock, hard Southern rock, and then there's some I would call this is a country song, right? But yeah, it's it's great. Okay, then the next song we go into "Let It Burn," which has that kind of twangy it's it's a country it's a like a country shuffle but but dirtied up right a, kind of a little more raunchied up it's got a great you know honky tonk piano uh in it and the big the words i wrote for the guitar solo sound i wrote big fat honky guitar it's just got this big fat honky guitar tone that is awesome again great drum sounds great drums Big choruses. These guys know how to write choruses, man. They know how to write good hooks. Almost every song, I think, has a hook. Uh, I agree. I agree. And this one, I didn't dig it as much as Waiting for Thunder, but I liked it. It's a good song. I gave this one four, four guitar picks on mine. I gave it 4.5 because, um, you know, playing these last couple of shows in South Dakota, it's nice to have just like a dancer like a yeah. barn burner kind of this thing. Is a, this is a, this a good word. This is a barn and, burner. Totally. Yeah. And I just, I think something like this followed by something, you know, slow or vice versa. You know, it's just a good way to get the people on the dance floor. Yeah. The, yeah. Good point. And this is a barn burner is a perfect word for this. 
okay, I have some things I want to say about the next song, The Good Life. Now, let me go on another big tangent. About 10 years ago, there was this feud between Brad Paisley and Richard Marks. Do you remember this, Jeff? Do you remember hearing about no. that? No, but I, so I at like people. the at like the big South by what's the big thing in Austin every year? Is that South by Southwest? South by Southwest. Okay, so I think it was at South by Southwest. There was some roundtable about songwriting, and and Brad Paisley said something about country music is about stories, and and you know pop music you don't hear great stories in pop music like you do in country, and. Richard Marks, who's like, to me, the epitome of schlocky pop music, he got his knickers in a twist and what do you mean? pop music? And so Brad Paisley just kind of apologized and said, oh, yeah, well, yeah, Richard Marks, you're great. Yeah, but I mean, everyone else, whatever. But the point is, Brad Paisley was exactly right. Country music is a lot better about telling stories. And even if it's a story that's been told a 100 times, like in this song, Okay, I could I could think of five country songs that are thematically this same exact song. Tim McGraw, Reba McIntyre. I mean, there are tons of songs that are about, you know, I'm assuming he's talking about his father. Maybe it's not his father. It's a father figure. Tons of songs just like this. But you know what? Sure. They get me every time. They're, they're still great songs, great stories, and they tug at your heartstrings. And yeah, country music does that better than any other genre. And this there's is the a, there's, perfect there's, example of it. There's more songs about love than exactly. certainly about father and son. Yeah. So people just keep writing about it. Exactly. It's, it's it, Well, it's a universal it experience, right? And I can't think of many pop songs that are able to do that like a country song. And I, I put my note here is Almond Brothers vibe. You know, it's got the acoustic sound. Melissa, okay, it's kind of that similar type, nice acoustic. This is very much a country song, right? This could be, and maybe it was. I don't, I don't listen to country radio, but maybe this, it, it could have been a hit on country music radio. The electric guitar, there's a great vibrato going on when the electric guitar comes in. And just the layers in general, there's so many things going on in this song as you, as you hear it. You know, the, the lyrics, the story is compelling, listening to the lyrics, but there's a lot of layers underneath. Another thing I have is, again, every guitar solo on this album is very tasty. This one has a tasty guitar solo. I love the key changes. There's a few key changes. Oh, and there's some pedal steel on this one, too. I think I heard pedal steel on this song, too. I think so. But I really like this song. It's slow, tugs on your heartstrings a little. But very well done. I gave it five guitar picks. I gave this one a five. I love the song too. I gave it. I gave it four. I wrote the same kind of thing. Nothing too new, but they do it so well. Again, I like quoting lyrics because if if you're out there and you you know you never heard the song, you get a little idea of what it is. But any little problem of mine, he'd spit and say, "Boy, you'll be fine." He knew there'd come a time when I'd find real mountains to climb. Like what a great like, yeah. I have I have boys, I have kids, and I feel like, oh yeah, that's a nice resonates. little tid that's a nice little tidbit of advice. Totally. Yeah. Said in slightly poetic way. Yeah, no, and it's great. <laughs> I, I like it. I like it. And and the opening line is he wasn't the type of man that would walk you to school hand in hand. 
And it doesn't yeah. say his voice sounded like it was full of sand or something. I don't remember the exact thing, but, but he's <laughs> yeah, talking about, like I'm assuming it's his dad. It's at least a father figure, right? Who's kind of got this gruff exterior. It's just a great song. It's a good song. It teaches, teaches you lessons. For sure. Um, now, I, sing, I don't know who was singing this, but I don't think it was Charlie. Really? Okay. I, di- I didn't even well, I don't I didn't know. think of that. It's great. Who's ever singing? I could it. be wrong. Right. I could be wrong, but it certainly sounds more country. It's more country because it's not got the rock edge that the other songs have, you know. So it's a little more mellow. So if it is Charlie, he's obviously pulled pulled it back a little, which is appropriate for about a slow song, right? True. Okay. Right. So what comes naturally is the next song. And this I love this one. <laughs> do you? Okay. Okay. Now I don't dislike it, but I will say this one is my lowest rated song. I'll tell you yeah. right out of the gate. I gave it 3.5 picks. I mean, still a good song. It's a very, I have kind of a country blues, traditional honky tonk type song. And my notes here are kind of a lo-fi sound, very live. And what I mean by that is I'm envisioning them setting up mics on an old stage somewhere and recording the band and you hear people shouting and, and it's just a very live ambience to the whole recording, which I really liked. Great mm-hmm. honky tonk piano again. And my note here is song is very well executed. I'm just not a fan of this style of song. So that was my only hey. knock on it is they played it wonderfully. This is not the type of song that I usually gravitate to. So I'm interested to hear what you thought of this song. I love this kind of thing for sure. Part of it is moving to Colorado and mm-hmm. getting into bluegrass and getting into acoustics and then sitting around and finger picking. And I, I love, I really enjoy when, um, you know, folks get a distorted guitar, mm-hmm. maybe like a semi hollow three thirty five, and turn, turn down a little bit and then finger pick that. Yeah. I kind of like that. I like that, you know, and that's what this kind of reminded me of. I did really like the slide. There's a slide guitar solo. Yes. It's really good on this song. I really dug that. Yeah. I have that in here as well. And it's, it's, it's also sort of sexual innuendo, right? Well, and you're, okay. You're my little queen bee. Come and rub your honey all over me. Yeah. See, and I did come I do what's me. naturally. That wouldn't clear over my head. I didn't even, I didn't even catch that. So, um, but yeah, well, Pretty much, four picks. pretty much every blues song is that way. <laughs> but yeah, that's okay. True. So you gave it four. I gave it 3.5. We're not too far off on that, really. Okay, so running through time. Again, Almond Brothery to me. Uh, it's a, a mid-tempo. Great Leslie sound on the organ. Uh, and again, I hear the vibrato on the guitar. I wrote down the, and the lyrics are very simple, but that whole course, you know, there is a line running through time. Can't remember what the next line is, but again, very catchy chorus, great harmonies and a great solo. This is, I I think one of the secrets of, and you, you might be able to explain this better than me. One of the secrets of Dickie Betts was, and a lot of the Southern rock guys, instead of just doing your regular, you know, major pentatonic, so, so rock songs will often use what's called a minor pentatonic, you know, or the blues scale, right? Well, if you slide that back three frets, it becomes a major pentatonic. 
And some people would call it the Southern rock scale, right? So it's more of a major sounding pentatonic scale that you'd hear against a lot of Southern rock or country songs, right? Mm -hmm. So the trick of Dickie Betts was instead of just playing a major pentatonic, he'd play like the Mixolydian scale or at least add the sixth tone, you know, which would give it just a slightly jazzier feel than just the major pentatonic. And I hear some of that in this solo. So this to me sounds like there's a little more the Mixolydian, not just the, the major pentatonic, which is so common in a lot of Southern rock and country stuff, which is a nice, and that's one of the jazzy elements that you'd hear from Nicky Betts, right. And the Almond brothers. So I heard that in this song. Yeah. He was great at, at uh, adding those colors to mm-hmm. the major pentatonic. So he might hit, he might even bounce off the, a flat three, or he might bounce off the flat five, and he'll chromatically. He he did he did a, a bunch lot of chromatics, of chromatics, and and that keeping just, it in this major kind of scale. Yeah. yeah, and and for those that aren't players, chromatic means you're just hitting all the in between notes, right? You're you're not just limiting yourself to the right notes of the scale, but you're able to do it in a passing tones, right? Passing notes that aren't really part of the scale, and there's an art to that. There's an oh, art yeah. to that because <laughs> sometimes it sounds like it goes overboard. Exactly. Right. But, but Dickie Betts was a master at that. And this solo sound is just very much in that vein. I gave it 4.5. Uh, I think I, I gave it four. Okay. Um, I thought all the things you, you said, but also I thought it was interesting. It's got this, uh, even though it's a mellow kind of a acoustic thing, there's, there's a, there's a, a little bit of a moving driving vibe. Now I was like, what's going on? What am I? And I think the acoustic, it's got like this, it's kind of a, what's a triplet thing perhaps? Yeah. I'll have to yeah. listen to it again, but I feel like it's got this triplet strum that keeps the song almost galloping or moving, moving. And then I think, wow, the song's about running through time. Ooh. Writing a line, running galloping, through And so yeah. what are, it's, I don't know if they actually meant that to happen. But I think it's a it kind fits. of an ironic. Yeah, that's good. Fits. That's a good um, edge too. And the word they, when they say line, it's like you know they stretch it out. There is like, a line. Yeah, line. Exactly. I mean, it's like you know, it's this long. And there is the line. It's a line. And how cool is that? <laughs> yeah, good. Now that's clever. That they are songwriters, like you said. Like here again, they're just they know how to write a song. I like that one. And what did you give that one again? Four. I gave that four. Four stars. Okay. Like an arrow. You like like an arrow, don't you? Yeah. You know, I, five plus. Really? Okay so, yeah. okay. so this is interesting because I gave it 4.5. I like it, but but I like Waiting for the Thunder better. But this is a great song. Do you remember song. why? I don't know why. I, I just, I just as I listened, I just, I, I have to differentiate. If I had to pick, line the two up, I'd, I'd have to give a slight edge to Waiting on the Thunder. But this is a great song. I'm trying to look at my notes or I can't read my own writing. Oh, I said very, very raunchy, lo-fi guitars in the intro. Uh, great pre-chorus and chorus. We all live and die. Time will always roll on by, you know, and then this like an arrow. It, it's a whole, I said, rock and bridge before a cool wah-wah solo. Mm-hmm. And then after the solo, okay, after the guitar solo, the vocals come back in and there's an effect on the vocal that wasn't there before. It's just kind of a filtered effect that I thought, that sounds pretty cool. And it's only there for a while. 
but it sounds really cool. But yeah, I mean, I didn't have a whole lot of notes about it other than I gave it a 4.5. So I, I thought it was a great tune. That's the album. You know, that's the, the song they chose is the album title, but it's a great one. So why do you like it so much? I like it because of, of the contrast, of course. Mm-hmm. I like that they could do these slow ballads. And then, you know, this is this is like, you know, the Thunder song. It right. fits into that heavier category. Yeah, yeah. But I also like it because I feel like... It, Tell what are you? Is it tuned down? I feel like at first I thought it was tuned to drop D. Mm-hmm. Then I thought it was C sharp. Wow! But whatever it is, it's low and it's, it's low. heavy. It is. And low. I thought they're, they're, somehow they're getting away with creating this. I feel like maybe it's the bridge. It sounds like Soundgarden to me. Interesting. And I feel like wow, how is this album and this songwriters and these sort of blend with these country kind of acoustic songs, and then they write this tune. That's bringing yeah. me into Soundgarden. Interesting. Like, how awesome. So that's, I just think it's so sort of like ambitious, brave, yeah. great chorus, like you said. Uh, I just, it's dry. It's just, I love it. It gets me just going. You know? Yeah, it's a great, it's a good song. Yeah, and and I I love what you said about the Soundgarden element, because actually when we get to the next song, I had the same note, not about Soundgarden, but I, I it's, and it makes me want to say this, and that is the vocal style is very much in the Southern rock country tradition, right? It's got the twang, it's got the drawl, but that can be misleading, right? Because to your point, like an arrow, imagine that if it wasn't sung in, in that style, if you had a different singer, I think that song would have a totally different feel really. Yeah. And you gave this five stars, right? Like an arrow, you gave five, five plus. If you could, if you were allowed to, you'd give it more. Okay. Yeah. So ought to know, <laughs> ought to know. And I'll tell you right out of the bat, I gave it five stars. I love this song. And to me, this is a perfect example. If you could set, and I'm not, I'm not saying I don't like the vocals. I'm just saying that's how powerful the, the vocal is on the overall vibe of the song. If you, don't laugh when I say this, this song ought to know you listen to the guitars, you listen to the kind of jangly, the descending chord, you know, things that are movement on this song. This song could have been on cheap tricks in color from 1977, other than the vocal, right? I could totally see the lyrics. The vo- If you put Robin Zander on lead vocals on this song, this would be a cheap trick song. It's a pop song. Right. It's one of my first notes is it has an eighties pop rock thing going on. Totally. It totally does. It totally totally does. It's amazing. Again, they're, they're fitting in. Yeah. Now they're fitting in this other element. Exactly. But it's so incredible to me. They're distilling all kinds of different influences. You know, we've mentioned so far, we've mentioned the black crows. We've mentioned the almond brothers. I just mentioned cheap trick, right? We've there's, there's all kinds of things bubbling underneath here but the the arpeggiated guitar part is i said it's very rick nielsen like from the late 70s early 80s cheap trick type stuff the chorus the pre-chorus the bridge those could totally have come straight off a cheap trick album by extension right those those could totally have been a beatles okay off of a beatles album that bridge in this song is very beatlesque which cheap trick you know, ripped off to use in their sound, which ELO ripped off. I mean, it's a very, like you said, very pop rocky 
uh, sound, but it works, man. And it sounds really good. I love it. This has a great major, I mentioned that kind of the, the, the Mixolydian type solo to me, this sounds like just like a straight major pentatonic catchy solo in this song. It's awesome. This, this one might be, I've given three songs, five stars or five picks. So if I was forced to pick an absolute favorite, this one might be it. I really love this. Oh. Song. I really liked it. Yeah. It's funny. Like we have the same notes. This is really funny. Right. That's funny. I gave it four picks. Um, okay. I mentioned eighties pop, I think for sure. I, but my notes are, you know, the ver- the verses are coming, the verse is going. And then this, the, the second guitar comes in or, or another guitar comes in with the arpeggio giving, right. move, giving movement. Right. <laughs> I had that. Good. I thought it was cool. And, and this is the difference between you and I, right? So we hear the same thing, but we have our own personal preferences. Like I think I lean more towards the poppy stuff. That's why I gave it more picks. You hear the same thing. You just say, that's not quite as big a deal to me as it is to Jeremy, right? Same yeah. thing up back on the uh, what comes totally. naturally. Same type of thing. Right. We yeah. both kind of hear the same things. It's just our own personal preferences. That's and I have uh, I have chorus hooky. Very I have, hooky. I have cool guitar country band. I think it's the second bent up to the major third. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Which is, you talked about that. I love that. There's, there's a harmony guitar lead. I thought was mm-hmm. really cool. I love this song. Yep. So I gave it five. You gave it four. Next one is Sunrise in Texas. My note here says country. <laughs> country. I love these lyrics. I love them. Oh, yeah. I wrote some of it down. There's a world going on outside the world that I'm in. Got sunrise in Texas again. Yeah. There's a world going on outside the world that I'm in. I just love that. It's so it's cool. Great. I have a note here I love. I'm assuming it's like a Fender Rhodes electric piano a lot of that and this song this this sounds weird i didn't know what else to say it the it, it, this song this song it builds right so it starts at the very beginning the vocal is very and this will sound like a weird word i don't mean it sound weird but the only word i can think of is sounds intimate right it sounds like he's very close to the mic and it's very very close. And then it kind of, I don't, I don't think that's weird. I think that's the style. I think builds. That's the Yeah. Yeah. It just changes as it builds throughout the song and, and towards the end, it just builds progressively more and more. It has a great wah wah guitar solo in it. It's just a really good song. I gave this one 4.5 picks. What'd you give it? I gave five picks. Woo! Okay. All right. I think because of that very thing, it's intimate it starts off slow. It builds. Right. And then who would think that crazy wah blast and solo would be, yeah. would be the one or thing you would put into this song stylistically. Yeah. Followed by an awesome slide. They, if you listen to it, they tr- really seamlessly transition to that wah wah solo. And then the and then slide a- comes right in on the, on the change. Mm. Yeah. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a chord change right there and it just works so well. I just realized I have another five star. I have four or five pick songs on here. I think I would, I think I was friendlier to this album than you were, Jeff. I think I gave it more fives than you did. I could be wrong. We'll see. Okay. But none of them are the same. I don't think you, yeah. no, no, no. We both gave the first song five stars. Didn't we? Okay. Or did you give it 4.5? I can't remember. I think I gave it five. Okay. So next one ain't going to wait. I gave this five stars. Did you? 
I did. And I again, I wrote country. It's got mandolin and violin in it. That's country, but it's very hooky. It's got great piano. It's got this group vocal in it, more so on this song than the others. Most of the other song, it's like two-part harmonies, maybe some three-part somewhere. This has like a group harmony where it's a bunch of, I said, almost like a choir. You got a big vocal things going on a few times. I said, very tasty, understated solo a la Dickie Betts. I'd have to go back and listen again, but but that's what I thought at the time when I heard it. I, I, I don't have a whole lot of notes, but I liked it enough to give it five picks. So I really wow. dug it. So what did you think? I don't have a lot of notes either, except, again, <laughs> I have my first note is like, I like the mandolin contrast here. Yeah. <laughs> Good, mellow, slow tune. To me, it's a little country poppy so i gave it yeah. three and a half stars three and a half doesn't mean i don't think it's like a good song right it's the whole just album like, is yeah, amazing it's just like i said about what comes naturally they executed it well that's just not my personal cup of tea as far as the style okay and this is our styles contrasting which is great oh another thing in general there's 12 songs on this album right. 12 songs yeah. okay it's getting slightly better now that a lot, so much music is streaming now, but there for a while albums were eight songs, you know, you'd get four songs on each side, but one of the trends I see that I like is you're getting more songs on albums now, which is great. Anyways, 12 songs on this one. So the next song working for a working man, (laughs) great riff, great groove. It's got a great B3 organ in it. Again, there's violin on this song, too. Violin and piano that I heard. Uh, Great dual guitar riffage mid-song into great solo. And then I said, love the key changes. So, again, this is one that has some key changes in the solo. I love guitar solos that that have key changes in them. Billy Gibbons does that a lot. I just love that. I love the sound that when you hear a key change, and I, I just love that. And they do that a lot. So this is a great one. And I bet you scored this higher than I did. Let me hear what you think have to say about it, though. You want to hear my quick notes? I yeah, think it's let me hilarious. hear your notes. Yeah. Good old rock and roll song. Great B3 yeah. and energy. Yeah. Love the breakdown. Love the breakdown with just the guitar. Then the bass matches the riff. Cool guitar solo. <laughs> yeah. And that break. Well, like you what said, you said. Well, that break. That's exactly what I was talking about, where it breaks down with just the one guitar before it. it goes into. Yeah, it's just really cool. So how many picks did you give it? I gave it four. I gave it four. Okay, good. That's the that's I think that's one we agreed on. Yeah. This one though, let's let's the chorus real quick. The let's bait and switch. It's a son of a bitch. It oh, ain't yeah. working for a working man. Yeah. I got a shuck and jive just to even survive. It ain't working for a working man. <laughs> so last night, um, keep in mind, my family is a pretty sedate conservative family. So I'm listening to this. I'm just sitting on the boys are in bed, but I'm just listening on the phone, writing my notes, you know, <laughs> and they keep oh. playing the chorus, the bait and switch as a son of a bitch. And my wife is like, she hears that about four times. She's like, what are you listening to? <laughs> it was funny. It's a great song. It's, it really is a good song. And now that I'm thinking of it, I maybe should have given it 4.5, but I wrote down four. So I'll stick with that. You could, you could revise. Yeah. I can. Oh, it's, it's a good song. Okay. Now, I bet you, you mentioned the same artist in your notes about the next song that I did. Maybe not. We'll see. Believe you me. Did you mention another artist in your notes? 
I love that it's a funk thing. It's a funk thing. Did you mention? Did I mention artist another artist? Uh, I it didn't. It's okay. I wrote. You either, did you read the funky meters? Maybe I wrote great funky organ, great funky guitar, uh-huh. but I wrote uh, in parentheses it says Stevie Wonder superstition. It's got that that funky organ thing that Stevie Wonder would do. Clavinet. Uh, yeah, clavinet. Yeah, clavinet. It's it's awesome. Love the guitar solo. There's some. T- I don't know that it's a wah. It might be like an a, an envelope filter or something. There's something going on there. And then there's a. I hear an octave pedal in there, not for a long time, but somewhere towards the end of that solo, there's an octave pedal that sounds really cool. But it's just mm. very funky. Again, one of the things I liked about this is the contrast. Right, this was very different. From every, I mean, there's a lot of contrast from song to song. These guys mix it up a lot, but this one more than any other song was probably like, wow, that's really different. I liked, I gave it 4.5 stars. I did too. Sweet. Okay. And it's like, again, it's a, another hook, catchy chorus. What goes around comes around. Yeah. Believe you me. That, it's just, yeah. It's not magic, but you know what? I'm not writing it. No, I'm not writing, really to, I'm not writing songs like that. And then last song, and this one, and I'm sure they made this the last song for a reason, because this features a guest. And to be honest, I had to go back and listen again because I couldn't tell where the guest was jumping in, right? Was really on the song. Not the first time. Then when I went back through again, I said, oh, okay. So Greg Allman, this is a duet between Charlie and Greg Allman and, and Greg Allman is one of their mentors. Right. So this, this is a big influence and I'm sure that's why they put it last. You know, we want to put this song with Greg Allman on last. And of course, Greg Allman died in 2017. So I didn't go back and look, this is 2016. I'm assuming this is maybe one of the last recorded performances we have of Greg. Allman. I don't know that for sure. I'm assuming. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Man, maybe. But, uh, so that in and of itself is is pretty cool. Again, what I'm calling a Fender Rhodes piano, kind of an electric piano, not not quite an organ, but you know some electric piano. Great slide playing. This one I heard. There's piano, great piano, and there's some some. If I'm remembering correctly, there's some in interplay of the guitars where both guitars are kind of doing. You know, it's not one's playing straight rhythm and one's playing lead. They're mixing it up, right? They're both kind of playing little flourishes throughout, which is really cool. Well, it's got this crazy, really pronounced up front in the mixed slide. Kind of, a, it's almost like the melody. Yes. Sort and of. Then, and then, wow, wow, wow. That's wow, it. Wow, wow, It's really, really and, right up front in the mix. Underneath, I think kind of. Floating in and out and around, you hear other little guitar things happening. That's just one of the things I have. I don't, I'm not hearing it in my mind, but one of the notes I had, this has a super long fade out. I mean, the fade out's like a minute long or a minute and a half long. I mean, it just fades out really slow, but I like that. It's cool. Again, Greg Allman is on this and I'm sure that's why they put it at the end. You know, that was kind of their, their, out of respect for Greg Allman, they put this song on. On last free on the wing is the name of the song. I gave it four stars. I mean, I, I think it's a great song. It's not one of my favorites, but it, it's a good song. Very good song. It has a has a little bit of. I gave it four and a half. 
Okay. Um, mostly because I feel like it's a paying tribute to yeah. him. It's all free on the wing. It's yeah. fading out because I imagine they think his soul is kind of like still around, but it's just kind of flying around out there, still yeah. inspiring them perhaps, long, you know? Long, long fade out. So I thought that was kind of a sweet thing. Yeah, it was and good. It, and, it, and it's catchy. It is catchy. They make, they make these sort of sappy pull on your heartstring songs catchy. You know, there's a reason a sappy pull on your heartstrings are sappy pull on your heartstrings because they work, right? But yeah, these guys do it well. These guys do it well. And my closing argument, my closing thoughts are, this is just really good stuff. If you're not a country fan, don't let that scare you because there's enough riffage and and hard rock bombast. If that's your thing, you will dig this, right? If you are a country fan, there's a lot to love here. So it's it's really good. And like I said earlier, it, it's doing them a disservice to just call them a Southern rock band in my mind, because I think they bring in, like the Allman Brothers, they just bring in lots of different elements. It's funny, Jeff, I didn't watch any videos until this morning. All I was doing was listening to this album for the last month. And then just this morning, I spent about an hour watching videos. And it's funny how... <laughs> You picture in your mind what someone will look like. I had never seen what Charlie Starr looked like. I, I was picturing some guy that looked like uh, Donnie Van Zant or something, right? He didn't look like what I expected. You know, he's got the big, long sideburns, skinny guy, long hair, and a lot of facial hair across the board in this band. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of facial hair. Beards, long hair. These guys would go over well in, 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 at like the biker rally in August in South Dakota. They'd fit right in. They'd be perfect. Yeah. I think, yeah, they're almost more like hippie yeah. Southern rock. Hippie Southern rock. That. That's a good. That's how I would good. classify it. Yeah, but I like it. It's it's really good. If you're a fan of good organic, there there's no over-processed, squeezy guitar sounds. This These are two amps cranked up playing mostly Gibson guitars. What's not to like about it? My final remark is if you want to listen to not just one or two, but a whole band of craftsmen doing it well across the board from writing, lyrics, musicianship, producing. They've been doing it for about 20 years and check them out. I'm going to see them in Red Rocks in Are a you few really? months. You should come out. Well, I was going to say, you know, I we my company has a site there. I need to parlay. I say, I really need to be at our Fort Collins site this week. Yes. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you. Let me tell you when. Hold on. We'll tell the viewers in case they don't know. That's right. Have you ever been to Red Rocks? I have been there when it was empty, <laughs> which is not the time you want to go. I mean, it's beautiful when it's empty, but it would be even better sure. if there was a band there. October 28th. Okay, October 28th. All Quite right. a ways away. I'm going to see if um, I can come up with a reason to be in Fort Collins that week. And then uh, so I'm serious. You've got plenty of time. And I could be there. If you want to come sooner, <laughs> I'm going to the Black Crows August 30th. August 30th. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, those are some dates. I'll see what I can, I can do. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Jeff, thanks so much for recommending this album because I, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, and I'm sure as I've watched the live stuff, I was watching them do songs from other albums and I dug them just as much. So I got to go back and listen to the albums before and after 
it's good stuff. And, and if you're a fan of great rock, you'll like it. Okay. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Again, shoot us an email, classicguitarrocketmail.com. We hopefully will have some announcements on our next show in terms of some cool things coming down the road that we can do with some, some sponsors in terms of giving some cool stuff away and doing some fun things. Check us out on YouTube. Check us out on Facebook. Uh, share the podcast with your friends, and we will see you next time on the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. Rock on. Thanks for listening to the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. Oh, sweetie. Please like, subscribe, and share. You can email us at classicguitarrock at mail.com. We're not ordinary people. <laughs> We're morons. We'll see you for the next episode of the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast.